pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I haven't enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on. Enjoy. Draft Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Draft Rugby show, where we discuss fantasy rugby, the game they play online in heaven. To kick us off, I think we're celebrating. I know pretty much everyone in Australian rugby is celebrating. We've got some funding for the World Cup, so it looks like we are going to be having, hopefully, uh, 2027 and 2029 Rugby World Cup, the women's game as well. So I'll drink to that. Kampai. 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 Oh, I meant to drink it. No one's told me spill that. That's perfect. So... Ooh, it's a super Australian salute to um, the well, Aussie. Look, uh, let's be honest, the last World Cup was in Japan, so we've just got a little bit of Japanese flavour left over. It's been missing from Super Rugby, so we thought we'd bring it into to the show tonight. Kagi, Harry, Harry's yeah. still got a few cases of sake left over, is what you're saying. But, uh, um, Kagi, mate, everyone's <laughs> already heard your beautiful dulcet tones. How did you go in fantasy footy this week? Yeah, it's a big Mate, I didn't even know there was fantasy footy this week. I think we just... Um, Neither did your team, mate. Weren't half the games just um, not on or things like I mean, I don't even know. Well, it no, felt like did. half the games weren't on for my team this week. Uh, so If you don't want to talk about it, mate, I'll talk about it because I got a good win, a dominant win this week, and I believe it was against Kagi. So, hey, I'll drink to that. Come by. Excellent. So it sound, looks like I'll be um, cutting you guys off in about half an hour after your seventeenth shot of sake. But um, no, Harry, congratulations! Congratulations, big win. Um, we're now we're now saying we're one 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 on the pod. We've all got a kind of a win against each other. Although mine is pending, mine is pending. But um, and, yeah, and it's, it's, it's sitting lowest on the table, no matter what, out of the three of us. With Nelson and I, and I one and two. Yeah, one two. I know how quickly your fate can change. I was top of the table last week, and now I find myself in fifth. Yeah. Although I think I've got a, I've got a win in the bag against Nelson, just waiting for that to tick over. So no, no um, stop talking nonsense, mate. It's, it's an interesting Harry, fantasy season, isn't it? How how are you shaping up? Yeah, you doing well? Excited for some midweek games and things at the moment. Uh, mate, how, how good is it on a Tuesday night? Yeah, to have footy on like. Can we just do this every single year? If we just put one game a night, then I've got an excuse to watch rugby every single night of the week. I think it's a great idea. I like it. So I'm very good. Yeah, it, it was just... it was a bit surreal to finish work and just be like, oh my God, there's footy on tonight. How good. I, I finished work early as well. So I actually got home to watch that game, which is not normal for me at all to be at home at that time. And that was great. That was so Kelsey, good. You don't have to lie to our listeners, mate. You can, you can, you cancelled clients to get home for that. You, you know, Ellen doesn't listen to every episode of the pod, mate. You'll be fine. Um, I may I may have rearranged a few things, but that's all good. Look, let's let's get into the the week. I, I would just say before we do that, so uh, fantasy rugby draft came out and made the announcement that oh, the yeah. midweek games that are played on weekends they're just going to count it in their game weeks of that week. So they just kind of jumble their game weeks because of that and, and suck the buys around. And the midweek games, they're not scoring on their website. So I just created a quick little Excel sheet where you can just plug the stats in from Ultimate Rugby and it will give you the fantasy scores for the players. So if you want that, so then that way you can calculate the midweek games if you're doing what we're doing and just kind of so pending those results, you can just hit us up on Twitter and I'll <coughs> send the sheet out to you as well. So it's a good little resource just to make life a bit easier. Yep. Let's, oh, let's jump into um, round six. Could have been um, a grievance, that one, I think. It could have been a grievance. Um, but we had a we had a makeup <clears throat> game. We won't jump straight into that one, but Moana versus the Blues, that Tuesday game we just touched on. But the first game of the round was Moana versus the Hurricanes. And how good was this? This was the first Moana win in history. 
boys. This was this was great. If you didn't watch this, you really missed a, a good one. But it came down to the Canes not finishing, Moana starting to dominate the breakdown. And in the very back end of the game, they decided they'd back themselves and hold the ball rather than kick it away. Manu Havili's got a beautiful long left boot, but it's lovely to see them actually back themselves in the back end. How good was Stowers? He is absolutely lighting this tournament up in defence, in attack. You don't want to be running out that man. And, I mean, it's, it sounds like a big call, but a few people have been talking about it. Is he the most defensive or complete defensive number eight in the game? Because defensively, he was brilliant. He was very good in attack, but there are a lot of very good attacking number eights. Levi Moore almost doing the same thing as him, but in the backs, weapon, and boy, oh, boy, that finish. Danny Tawala, golden point, takes the kick himself, follows it up and ends up scoring to get them that win. This was a brilliant game. Exactly, mate. Our first golden point game as well. You can't get better than that. But um, look, I've sat in silence for too long. I know we're trying to be quick and move on. But this was probably my favourite game of the season. And I don't know if it's going to be beaten yet. Uh, It's going to take a lot to beat this game for me because... I just enjoyed seeing Moana Pacifica absolutely bash the shit out of the Hurricanes for 80 minutes. And yeah. even though they're only allowed a crowd of about 100 people, no, it sounded it like there were a 1,000 Moana fans. It was unreal. So like they all they all just fed off each other's adrenaline from each big hit and put another one on. So good to watch. Yep. The big question is how did the Hurricanes not put more points on with <clears> such dominance on the penalty count? That was the crazy thing. But as you said, Stow has been the, probably the biggest culprit, but their defence and turnover for the ball was just so good at the breakdown. It was pretty phenomenal. Yep. Great penalty game. count and the cards, mate. Two yellow cards. Lever Amua just trying to give him a little kiss on the cheek <laughs> and, uh, and he went to the bin. Thank uh, God. I thought I was red for all money and I thought it was going to get caught up later as well. He's my player. I thought he was done for... I, I was hoping he was, but um, no. How good was he though when he came back on, bumping players off at will? He he looks the goods. Boys, there's some some absolute weapons on that more Moana side. But who's going to take us into the Brumbies draw? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, a lot of points in this game. Uh, Rebels drew a v two, um, and I guess finally we've yeah. seen a composed performance from the Rebels. Uh, you know, they finally did the opposite of what you guys advised them to do and then they were doing, which was taking the points at every single second on offer. And uh, despite the Drua looking increasingly dangerous each week, they decided to back themselves, back their set piece, which a lot of teams are doing over the Drua, and kick for touch, kick for the corner every time. And it was just an incredibly composed Rebels performance. Um, the end score in this one was 42 to 27. But um, that first half, the Rebels were just... Absolutely all over it. The Drua didn't even have a look in. They had a newfound confidence in this one, I think. And, I mean, it really showed. And hopefully they can take that moving forward. But they backed themselves. They threw the ball around. And everything seemed to go to hand. And I think Tomoa, Tomoa had a real good role for them for a good chunk of this game. Took some leadership, as did Hodge. And some of those experienced players really stood up for them. That's it. And, uh, mate, big kaboos ilof. Three games in a row, three tries. Just uh, he keeps working away. Um, and he looks absolutely incredible. I don't know if the uh, the big pone that we're waiting to see, Fahamon Sili, uh, is going to just work his way straight back in that starting jersey. So Crazy. Elof's a bit of a cult hero there. But um, now the Drua did score some brilliant tries as well. Uh, the Rebels did have a card in the second half and that kind of allowed the Drua to find a bit more time and space. But um, truly, just the Rebels just really were able to build pressure maintain composure and build phases uh, without making mistakes, take them side to side, and they looked really good and, and just really push that set piece. 
very out of character for them. I thought they looked very composed and a lot, lot better. And it just shows that having that consistency of team in that back line, even though there's a lot of new names there, they do look like they're starting to gel. Absolutely. And, and, and Raymond New scored a pretty brilliant try himself. Um, no real, you know, gap or space there. Just a good bump off, a, a big see you later and um, under the post. So he looked, he looked sharp. I think, I think he's just been injured though, but um, he looks good. Another injury for me. I didn't, didn't realise that one. Um, look, Harry, do you want to take us through the four Brumbies? Yeah, look, this is one of those games that uh, went down to the wire. I don't think that I was ever that worried for the Brumbies, to be completely honest. Um, they were way up early on in the game, and then they got a couple of cards. Obviously, the Tom Banks red, and then I think there was a maybe a yellow on the back of that as well. The yeah. force went 21 to 7, I think it was, in that period of time, or 21 to 5, and kind of brought themselves right back into the game. And I thought the force were exceptional at taking their opportunities. I thought Matteo continues just to be an absolute wrecking ball. But, but yeah, I, I always had faith that with a full team on, the Brumbies were just going to pull away. And look, it was pretty close in the end, 38 39 can't be much closer but um the the brumbies definitely the better side and it was 15 on 15 but if the force were ever going to beat the brums that was it so i think it's going to be a while now that they're waiting to be honest yeah well, it's funny you say that you know we said that in round one i think it was that that was it you know that was their real chance in round one i think the force came out and looked absolutely brilliant against the brumbies but um, no one remembers what we said that far back mate that's true we've moved on but no i i agree particularly if you look at the first 25 minutes that was just absolutely composed controlled brumbies football and the four it, it looked like it was you know there was one side in the in the game really um yeah. for the first 25 before that card so but for that yeah. card i think we'll, we'll actually dive a little bit into it in our grievances at the, the back end. So we won't we won't go into that in any more depth. But you know, it was good for the force. Oh, that you mean Nelson will dive into this uh, as a major grievance in the <laughs> Yeah, like it's probably not what you're expecting, to be fair, but um it's it's some evolved intelligent thinking. Stay so tuned. You, mate. It's definitely not you. Um if we jump across into that next game, the Highlanders v the Blues, Highlanders 25 going down the Blues 32. I think I said to you, Harry, that the Highlanders find a way to stay in games. Um, and you said, nah, they're going to get whooped. They did. They lost by seven. Yeah. So, <laughs> not, not really. I just got an interesting perspective on games. He's like, I never worried for the Brumbies. You know, it wasn't even close. I mean, it was one point difference and, you know, seven points is a whooping yeah. apparently. I, I appreciate that the score was close. I'm just saying I don't think the game was that close. Like, that, Gilbert. The, Sam Gilbert scored a try <clears throat> with 11 minutes to go to kind of get them to within seven, but I don't think the Highlanders were really pushing the Blues that far. I thought Talia and uh, Caleb Clark were just tearing the team apart at will. On Clark, man, if this guy is playing under the roof at Forsyth Bar Stadium, he dominates. Doesn't matter if he's wearing black or blue, he absolutely dominates. And if you are from Ireland at the moment, if you're in a Southern Hemisphere outside back or centre, so you're from New Zealand, Australia or <laughs> South Africa, in that island side, you will be quaking in your boots. And for, their defence the is exceptional. Yeah. I don't know about that. I think if any team's going to just stop them, their defence is very good. The big question will be, I, you know what, I think the tactic has to be don't let Clark get the ball. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And mate, I look, I'm, I'm normally the number one to talk up Caleb Clark, but you guys have said enough about him. He was fantastic. Mark Talaya. Mate, we're back to a few seasons ago where we're mm. saying he was covered in spiders. He literally, whatever it was, he found that Indiana Jones cave again, dove in their head first, and he is covered in spiders again because they cannot lay a hand on him. He has been electric. 
Phenomenal. I, I like that they're just picking a whole back line of outside backs. You've got Bodie Barrett, the fullback at 10, Bryce Heen, the winger at 12. You've got the two wingers. You've got Stephen Perra franchise. Rico Iwani. John Sullivan. Rico is a winger. Like literally every <laughs> player is an outside back. Yep. It's so good. Can you play wing? All right. You're going to play lock this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Good stuff. But yeah, no, the, the Blues, I think, could have finished this game off and, and they have a way to let some teams slide back into to the games late and that was one of these ones I think Harry was right the Blues were the stronger side but they need to be able to finish off these games or they will, will get caught out a couple of times this year Absolutely well with that let's jump into the Chiefs and the Crusaders uh, the second clash it's now one apiece after the Chiefs beat the Crusaders in their first um, matchup it was ended up being uh, 34 to 19 to the Crusaders uh, the Chiefs I mean, compared to some of their last performances, we were we were riding high with the Chiefs. I think they were it was either three from five or three from four or four from five wins. They were kind of on. Um, they looked uncharacter uncharacteristically flat. Uh, just no Peter Gus, mate. That's what it was. Not having Peter Gus just to tear teams apart single handedly. That's fair. That's true. I mean, he has kind of been the form number eight. I mean, we're talking. I mean, Nelson. Has Henry Stowers in his team after one game and said he's the best eight in the the game. But Peter Gus has certainly been the form eight of the competition. Um, Yeah, look, I don't know. I mean, what did you guys make of the Chiefs' status? Richie Moanga just decided that, you know, if the team's not going that well, he's just going to stop passing the ball. That's what I took out of it. I I thought you were just going to say Richie Moanga. Yeah. And let's move on. I mean, I think a lot of those Crusaders players really stood up. You know, Havili stood up. Will Jordan stood up. Um, I mean, no oh, Pablo, no did worries. Will Jordan stand up? He's been he's been quiet. He, all, he, he was saving actually, it all up for this game. He hasn't had a good score since round two, so be quiet. But no Pablo, no worries, um, because Christie had a massive one. He had 18 tackles and four turnovers. But Cullen Grace also working his way back into his best form. First good game, really good game I think we've seen this his year. His first game, mate? Like, what, what no, are you talking he played about? The first, he played the first week he's or first two for, weeks. Nah. So, so I think you was... could tell Cullen Grace is definitely in Nelson's fantasy team. He um, very he's, well, he's here to talk trash about uh, Pablo Matera yeah, and uh, talk up Cullen. He's made some tackles. What did he do? He had a good score, mate. He, he just scored a try. <laughs> yeah, probably the scored end of someone else's good, good work. Scored a good try. Yeah. Buy some time, guys. Made, <laughs> made uh, <laughs> 54 run metres, you know, nine barnstorming carries, eight brutal tackles. Very, very good all-round game. Excellent. Well, look, I was a little disappointed with uh, Che Fiaki on the right wing after he, he was incredibly exciting at, at fullback. Yeah. That, that's a great question. Did he play? Uh, that's why I didn't, didn't pick him up. see him do a single thing. Seven Leaves came on, did score a try and uh, and, and looked awesome. But uh, Che didn't even see him. It, it looks like he's not interested unless he's fullback. Or it was just one of those games where it just did not come to the right wing until Sevu got on and made it come he to the right wing. He didn't look for it, mate. That's what it is. This is, this is what I think, you know, should have been the game of the round. And Tar, Tars v Reds, what was the outcome in this one, Harry? Not not too happy about it. At 32 to 20. And, you know, I said before the game, obviously the, the Reds got up there. I said before the game, the only thing I wanted to talk about was Marky Nwanganitawasi starting for the uh, for the Waratahs. About time. Didn't he have an absolute <clears throat> blinder? He almost had probably the finish of the decade as well, almost. if it wasn't for Geordie Pattaya, who had made an exceptional cover tackle and kind of showed Banks how it was Do meant you know to what? be done. I think he should have stepped inside in the wet. He yeah. should have stepped inside. That's what, that's what Cam Shepard said, so I but, can't disagree with uh, him. Like, yeah, but, that, but that wouldn't have, that would have deprived him of the photo finish. He, do you know what I mean? He loves that, he does. loves that corner dive, and it 
generally pays off for him, so that's fair. And on top of that, I mean, I thought Bataille shadowed him very well to the corner. Like, yeah. he, he didn't actually he did. give him a really yeah, yeah. easy step back in. That's fair. But look, I, that, that was one thing, you know, you just got to highlight Noaganudawasi's game. I thought he was fantastic, and I hope we get to see much more of him. I know he's starting next week. I think the um, one thing to think about is his lazy second efforts, you know, that leaving um, Will Harrison to cover that back led to a try as well. You're talking about off the kicking battle? Yeah, well, just oh, I mean, he made a tackle, slow to get up and, and travel back across, you yeah. know, that sort of thing as well. So he, he got caught out of position, <clears> a bad one with um, Jock just kicking a 50 20 where yeah. it was that up was in the line one. where he needed to be back. It was just, yeah, so he needs it was pretty ordinary, but we know he can attack. We just need to see consistency and we need to see some better efforts in defense. I think you nailed it on, on the head. I think he, he plays like a house on fire if it's in the um, the enemy 50, but if it's in if it's in their 50, he's like, what? Yeah, what do we do? Yeah. Well, let's get back down there, right? Let's, I saw, <laughs> I saw a stat today that, uh, Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi walks for eighty seven percent of the game, eighty seven percent of the game. But for the thirteen percent, he's the best player in the world. Maybe that's what Mark is going for. He's like, I can't be running around all day, boys. Like you got defensive, and I'm attacking team. Anyway, I like it. Uh, so the the big one, the takeaway for me here was that the Reds were down to thirteen men with a yellow and a red card. Yellow and a red card. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Xander. And um, the Tars just could not point points on. I thought we all agreed the first card, the red, they took points and they took it to, I think it was 13 all, um, maybe 30-odd minutes in, and we kind of went, yep, good, we're even. Now we've got 20 minutes a man up. And then they just did nothing with it. Next yellow card, running out of time, and they caved and they they panicked about the fact that they weren't putting points on. They took another three, and I just thought you just completely lost your opportunity to show dominance off a set piece. And I thought it was a bad decision, yeah. not getting enough points in that. And then the Reds just grew another leg when they came on. And exceptional finish from the Reds. They really just went to work and, and stood up in defence and then just accelerated the game when they had a full complement back on the field. Well, I think p- part of that was my boy, my favourite, Taniela Tupo, mate. How huge was he? In the, in a, they're playing a man down in the scrum. It was seven against eight. And he just decided, all right, boys, just stay. Actually, you oh, don't right. even need more, more of you can drop off if you want. We can do it five against eight. I don't care. And he, the way he was scrummaging, he just absolutely turned it on the Tars on their head. Um, well, I mean, the, the Tars were missing their front row in Angus Bell. So, and, and Harry Johnson Holmes. Actually. That's true. That is, that is what, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I lose sleep just waiting for that matchup to, to watch that. Angus oh. Bell v Tupo. But, um, yeah, uh, but still, those, that was huge. Talk, talk about, yeah, the Tars not being able to convert. After, I think it was two crucial scrums, Tupo got a penalty for the Reds. One was on their five-metre line. Unbelievable. So, yeah, I don't know what the Tars should have done, but you don't take points when you've got two more players on the field. Yeah, you seems, go, you go seems crazy. Look, I, I think that was a, a lack of experience and guidance, and, and hopefully that changes this mm. week with a, a name on that team sheet. But And I think no, no qualms on uh, on Dane Zander's red card. It was, uh, look, you know, unfortunate, but uh, he, he just got it wrong. He, he was way too high, red shoulder to the face of the Very most likeable guy in rugby, Brian Smith, um, which clearly he wouldn't have wanted to do, a former teammate, yeah. so just... Just got it wrong. Yeah. Three-week yep. three, three week ban, I think, for him as well. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Guys, the last game of the round was the makeup from round one, which was Moana Pacifica versus Blues, and they obviously played Moana, Moana B versus Blues B. Yeah, essentially, it was. The Blues got up 19 to 32, and I think looked pretty dominant. I thought it was going to be a little bit tighter given how disrupted both teams were, but the, the Blues just did it pretty easily. I think Nelson and I were both blowing up on the socials because we had Rick Riccatelli as the first try scorer, and he scored yeah. the second and the third try. So that was, I think, our big uh, our big takeaway from the game, wasn't it? A lot pretty of Rikawai answered back pretty well with a couple himself. Look, I mean, when I saw Riccatelli get the second and third tries, I think I turned it up. I was just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's what really impressed 
Oh, that, that's what really impressed me, though, was the Moana Pacifica rolling more tries, you know, like mm-hmm. because like the Drua and Moana Pacifica, everyone's going to have a go at these two new teams in the set piece. And we've just caught, we've said it time and time again, that's what they really need to push on with. But um, those rolling malls were really impressive. Uh, also extremely well-timed bagging. You, you feel like if they didn't bag that try just before halftime, I think they would have gone into the sheds 19-0, um, which would have been, you know, very different. But doing that and then coming straight out after halftime and another rolling mall try, they were really good. I have a, a tangent point here. Ricky Riccatelli, his heritage is, um, oh, I don't know how far back it is, but Italian. He's, I think his dad's American-Italian and he was born in South Africa. So it could be a grandparent is Italian. Mate, if I would be, if I were him, I'd be going to Italy. Go play for the Azuri. I mean, they're better than Wales these days. <laughs> Good. Get amongst <laughs> it, mate. Like, oh, you, we yeah. just lost the one or two wealth listeners we have. Uh, <laughs> mate. But look, it was it was a very good fight back from Moana Pacific yeah. in this one, wasn't it? It got back to 19 to 24 and they were down 19-0 to start the game. Finlay Christie came on, obviously, their first choice nine and scored a try, and that kind of put the game out of touch for them. But it, it was a gutsy fight from Moana. They didn't roll over like they did against the Chiefs earlier in the year. So considering how many new debutants they had, I think it was like 13 in the group or something, it, it was... Not a bad result, and it's going to be good to see how they go this week. Yeah, and, and it was good. It was good from the Blues. Uh, actually, you know, we just talked about literally in their last game, they've got to hold out these games and see them through. And so the Blues B side were able to see this through. Obviously, they got a red card in the second half. Nepo Lalala, another shoulder to the to the face or to the yeah. back of the head um, of Jack Lamb. Uh, and so that's what really got Moana up, got their tails up. They, they sensed an opportunity to get another win. But uh, the, the Blues B, great job at, at closing it out. It was, that was a lot to get through, extra extra midweek game. But, look, fantasy man of the week was Manasa Mateelli with 91 points. So good. Mate, I, I don't want to call him an extra crusader. He is a current Western Force player. 177 metres off yeah. 13 runs, two tries, a try assist, seven tackle busts, three line breaks, one offload. That is like reading the stat sheet from the Rebels every other week. Like, <laughs> that is pretty awesome. That's more than Alex Newsom has all season, for sure. Um, yeah, give it to Matteelli. Um, yeah, that's insane. Was, 177 run metres is that's great. insane. That's going to be up there. But, um, Harry, who was the worth of mentions? Andy Muirhead. Uh, so three tries to him, mate. He had a day out, didn't he? 84 points. Vanaya Hambossi. I mean, I just read his name every single week at this rate with how he's scoring. 75 if, points for him. Yeah, if we and if Alex we missed Nankivell. it, just assume assume we, we accidentally missed That's it because right. he's in it every week. He left him in there. And Alex Nankavel, 72 points as well. He had an absolute blinder for the Chiefs. I thought he was exceptional. And it's great to see him back to the form that we knew that he was capable of. And yet we haven't probably seen from him in the last couple of seasons. Kagi, do you want to take us to the Super Sub and uh, Captain Mud? Yep, let's do it. Tavita Ikenovieri uh, for the Drua. Def- uh, I definitely, I thought I butchered his name, but Nels gave me the uh, that'll do kind of look. So um, he was he was really good. He's kind of swapped starting with him and Delicotto, but he came off the bench, 30 mins, 104 metres off eight runs, had that awesome finish, like a winger-like finish to score a try um, on the right sideline. So seven tackle bus, two line breaks. He was pretty good. And Captain Mud, Dane Zander, red card will do that for you, minus 13 points. Um, and a few honourable players all got negatives. We got Corey Kello, Sam, Samuela Tawaki, Salisi Rayasi. That's not what you want to see for him off the bench. Uh, I think he came on, got a yellow card, so ooh, awkward. And uh, Joey Powell, Carter Gordon, both off the bench. Um, can be tough playing a bench player if you do that. Carter Gordon just keeping his average. 
Yeah. Oh, I hate this shitting on Carter Gordon. I know the Rebs had a good game, but I want to see the Blacks start. Yeah, we all agree here, though, mate. We're not shitting on them, but if you play 10 minutes... <laughs> but but facts are facts well. and numbers are numbers. Yeah, <laughs> it's facts. We're not biased here, mate. If yeah. you play shit, we're going to shit on you. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Um, I'm still going to shit on you. Let's jump into the preview for round seven, our main course. First one that we need to touch on. Look, this, I put up on Twitter. Genuinely, I think, I think this is one game of the, of the biggest games of the round to I think, watch. No, I think this is the game of the round. This is the women's Waratahs, who have won 21 games on the trot or something, have, are undefeated across four years versus the Fijiana and Drua who are undefeated this year and absolutely tearing teams apart. Like, if you haven't watched a women's rugby game, this is the one to watch. The anticipation for this game, I think, is higher than what we might see in the final. Because who knows if the, yeah. if the Tars towel up the Ndrua or vice versa. Mm. Right now, we just don't know where they stand. And it's it's going to be a really exciting game. I genuinely cannot Two wait to teams go that have- Never I think you know, this is the final, basically. Like, you know what I mean? We're going to oh, say no, it, it is, but right now we don't actually know where they say yeah. they stand. Whereas I think in the final we'll have a bit more information, so it may not be as tight. Yeah, it's just yeah. Fiji, Fijiana, and Drua team have weapons left, right, and center. The game's being played four o'clock on yeah. Friday, four or five on Where's Friday. This one. Um, so look, I mean, I'd be getting this on stand and and watching it. I think this will be as entertaining as any of the other games you'll watch this weekend. I'm not even exaggerating. This will be an awesome game. We don't talk about a lot of Super W, so we are genuinely excited. This is going to be good. Lock it in your calendar, guys. Let's do it. Uh, moving on to the men's for round seven of Super Rugby Pacific. We got the rescheduled game, first of all, the Crusaders versus the Highlanders on this one, who otherwise obviously would have had a bye. Got a couple of new injuries. Sam Whitelock has apparently fractured his finger. He'll be out for four weeks. Mitch Dunshay, we said we thought he might have done his MCL. It looks like they've had to do an operation on it, which is going to cost him the season. Um, normally, you don't have operations for those ones. It's just a specific type of tear. So normally, I think if you tear it off the, the bottom of the joint, that might be why. I think we made a little mistake here. I don't think this is a rescheduled game. No. Oh, yeah. You mean you? No, no. I, I, you, you confuse me. I think this one, there's one rescheduled game yeah, this weekend, back which is Hurricanes Chiefs, which we'll get to. But yeah, this, yeah. this week, Crusaders Highlanders is part of round seven. You guys know that I read everything off the teleprompter. <laughs> I thought it was normally Cargill. I thought it was safe. Right. Was and uh, Brady McAllister, uh, look, he, he injured his ankle pregame on the weekend as well. So he is gone uh, for a little while. We don't know exactly how long just yet. Returning on the good for the Crusaders, you got Joe Moody, uh, Enor and Pablo Matera. Matera and Enor off the bench. Moody straight back into the starting side. Uh, and then Ethan DeGroote for the Highlanders back on the bench, coming back after we assume COVID kept him out last week as well. Yeah, look, I mean, I I think you wanted to rip on me about uh, Enor being, I said, would be used just to get thrown in every week and moved around. But, look, it's good to see him back. I don't think we know why, why he was missing last week. But um, last... 65% of the squad had COVID, so it's yeah, just it's probably assumed, that. We assumed it was that. But last time they pl- played was in round two. Good chance. Um, <laughs> pro- probably fair. And the, the Crusaders won this one 34 to 19. Never in doubt, really. And I, I know the Highlanders haven't had a win, so you probably could have guessed what the outcome in this one was. But... Isn't it the Sun Highlanders? <laughs> Far out. The Sun Highlanders. Wow. Yeah, we have to lose to, until they lose to an Aussie team. Ignorance yeah. is bliss, mate. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the um, Southern Derby, mate. It's going to be a good one. 
Yeah, look, Oli Jaeger out. Fletcher Newell is someone they've talked a lot about preseason as a potential starting tight head. And he, and he, and he has started already. As and well. he has, but I mean, yeah, as he's he's got the start in that that number three jersey. Tamati Williams on the bench. Um, that's I've already a, this that Tamati would be starting because he's looks like the the greatest gift to props after Tanya Tupo. But the guy can't play more than thirty minutes. Uh, let, Probably 20 minutes, to be honest. So Fletcher Neal gets in there. We've still got Fangar Nuku as well in the 13 jersey, meaning they can just fit all their outside backs in, which is, is brilliant. Trying to do the Blues uh, blues method. Enor, he's on the bench. Yeah, so my big question for you guys is, is Lester Fangar Nuku a genuine option for them now as a first-choice 13 in contest with Enor? Or do you think this is just because Enor is coming back from COVID and might be a little bit underdone? <clears throat> I, I think it's because Enel is coming back from COVID. Um, but, you know, obviously there's an argument to be made that Lester Vanganuku, the man deserves a starting jersey in that team. And it's, you know, it's whether do, does he push out Braden Enor at 13 for that or does he push out, you know, it's either George Bridge or Sever Reese. And you, you have to think George Bridge because he's playing, Vanganuku's played 11 almost exclusively. Um, and, I mean, the way he's been playing, you know, I think he's been playing better than George Bridge. It could just be because they're doing the blues tactic of picking a back line of outside was, backs with David Billy <laughs> at 12. That's what I was going to go for. 13 yeah. as well. Look, I, I think, I mean, I think we're maybe at this point where if Bridge was in form, then finding a Nuka is a legitimate chance at 13 at the moment, bringing Anor off the bench because he isn't in the same form as he was, you know, a couple of years ago. While finding a Nuka is doing a fair bit more for them. But I think with Bridge's form, I, I, I just can't see it happening. You know, at the oh, moment, but it did you say that? But but Enel, wasn't Enel's was like last game? I think he scored almost it's one good game. Yeah, he, he, had, a, he had a he had a blinder. But they, yeah. I, I think they do miss a bit of punch in their midfield at the moment, and maybe that is one way that they're trying to get around it. Like uh, Fangaranuku scored a very good try last weekend, where they just gave him a short ball off the ruck, and he just hit a big <clears> unders line close to the line, and just no one could stop him. So mm. I think just having that big body, particularly with bridge on one wing as well I, I think they need just a bigger unit to try and help get them over the game line so that i think they'd be a bit light to be honest with you if he wasn't on the team sheet on the starting 15 yep. i do I, yeah true i do i do like that as a strategy because um as much as we all love david havili and he needs to be on the field he's just somehow he, he would be a starting fullback in any other team in super rugby it's just he can't get behind Will Jordan, basically. Um, but like the All Blacks had last year, him playing at 12, they tried to truck it up through him and muscle it up. He's he's just not a big enough dude. He's not um, able to do that. So you're right, they do need that extra punch. I mean, even Jack Goodhue, who I don't know if we'll see this season, but he he offers a bit more of that punch and, and the offload. But um, So, no, it's a great shout about playing. I mean, he, just- he needs to be starting somewhere. But that's some real issues for them. If you think we get back in, how the hell do you fit these guys into the squad? But look, let's jump across into. Um, we already talked a little bit on Matera, Harry. Uh, look, let's jump across into the Highlanders. Exciting one for me is Denny Solomona coming across the England uh, representative, obviously Kiwi, Kiwi. I think at least born. born, born, born. What what gave it away that he wasn't uh, an English uh, native? Was it the the fact that he was was really good? Yeah. Um, (laughs) But look, I mean, I I don't think he's enough to get the Highlanders their first win when they're coming up against this stack Crusader side. But I'm excited to see him back. Five English taps, uh, 46 tries over 88 game for the Sale Sharks. Um, 
and he played Samoa in rugby league, but no one really cares about rugby league. So he's, no, he's it's, a, it's a pretty good resume, though. It's oh, 20, yes. 28 year old winger. I think it's pretty good. He, mm. he moved home to New Zealand to be closer to his family, I believe. Yeah. Um, so early I, release, I think. Not going to lie. I watched his highlights. I made sure to go back and watch them. He looks good. Scored some pretty brilliant tries. And he's I good. mean, I think he's a genuine chance to kind of hold a wing spot for them. So he's only been in camp as an injury cover for four weeks, and here he is on the bench straight away, you know. So they, they obviously rate him. Yeah, no, I think he's a legitimate chance to get a get a start. It's, I mean, they they've been searching for some answers in that outside backs, you know, consistent answers. So he he's going to be one to watch. And they've brought in uh, Party at Marty's. Marty Banks is back, yes. the man, the myth, the legend. How good! Um, all right, I mean, I liked uh, Coroy, and you know, we think we've talked about Coroy before. I wanted to see some more of Coroy, yeah. but um, I just they just don't seem to like giving him a shot at all. So, but I mean. How good Marty Banks. We all love Marty Banks, cult hero. Yeah. Yeah, everyone loves Marty Banks. His, his 50th game, I think he's played for, he's at one game per club, per contract. <laughs> yeah. a, a total of 50 a games year? now for both him and uh, Gareth Evans, 50 as well. So I think that's pretty big news as well. Um, mm-hmm. Staying in the, uh, on the backs, though, when we're talking about Denny Solomona and Marty Banks, you also got Connor Garden-Bashup back in for <clears> Nani Punavai, shifting Sam Gilbert to the right wing as well. So I think that's their first choice for the 14-15 the, uh, jersey. So that will be good to see them having, uh, I guess, their, their strike power out back being a little bit better as well. Yeah, when when Connor's been good, he's, he's looked real good. He's looked like the biggest threat in that team for sure. I think they're going to be missing, again, still Thomas Amonga Jensen. He's been probably the best for them, I think, throughout the year my personal opinion he's been very no very- I'll, I'll back you he has yeah. been awesome he has been you know we talk about centers and trucking we're just talking about with the crusaders thomas umanga jensen at pace is unstoppable he, he has been knocking people left right and center concern for him i think he's been out for about three and a half weeks and the original talk was two to four weeks for him and they said he's still a while away so if you drop him you'll come back i reckon you gotta <laughs> yeah can oh, you would you I mind just dropping him this him. week that would Thank be great i'm but, gonna um, keep him right through their aussie matches i don't need, we don't need him playing against us but speaking of the <laughs> centers boys i think scott gregory did another exceptional <clears> job at inside center on the weekend as well he is so good yeah i i think that he needs to keep starting when thomas umanga jensen comes back shift him to 13 to run his <laughs> trucking up lines and and just play them both at 12 13 they're, they're, he's very very good Gregory and I think he's a bit underrated there look I don't mind that as long as every ball from Mitch Hunt is a cutout to 13 then with Thomas Umunga Jensen out there but um now you're a bit the only things to be worrying about him is he's had a lot of injuries and a lot of serious injuries so they start to stack up but um no I agree um he's been good yep um, um anything else in this one who else no look, I, I think that pretty much sums it up for me I, Mate, Andrew oh. McAleo, the bowling ball, who's the biggest, he's gone like oversized bowling ball this I feel year. Like, I feel, he's getting his, no, we didn't. He's <laughs> the uh, he's the first start for the Highlanders that he's come back from since coming down from the Crusaders. So I'm excited to see him. He's got Josh Honick next to him as well. Ainsley pushed back to the bench. And no Liam Coltman at all. Maurice Marshall's on the bench there. So we don't know if that's a rotation or if that's an injury. Or COVID. But, uh, or COVID. Or, but it's, it's very exciting to see McAleo get yeah. a start. And I want to see... What his fitness is like, because my gut is it's not good because of his <laughs> yeah. gut. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And also, Bryn Evans, I should say, in the locks as well, have back into the starting side, pushing Manaki, Sabarika back to bench as well. I think that's a fair point with McAleo. I don't think he's felt quite as the competitive environment coming down to the Highlanders because uh, the few times he has played off the bench, once he's got on very shortly, it's looked like he's been playing the whole game. Um, so he looks that tight. But um, no, I'm excited to see what he can do. 
Yeah, he's always one we like to watch. Pre-season, I think we had him peaked to take over as the starter. He just doesn't look fit enough. Yeah, that's the issue. Um, So how much are the Crusaders going to win by, Kagi? Oh, we we haven't been tipping the games, have we? Or is this the first? Um, Crusaders are going to win this game by 17. Kagi, just so you know, we don't normally tip games that have happened. Yeah, it did occur to me as I said that, which is why I tried to swiftly move on. But um, no, you got me. That is by seven. 17, 17. Okay, well, 17, that's better. I wonder if that was um, enough. Harry? Wow. Uh, yeah, Crusaders have got a very strong lineup this week, actually. I'm, I'm with you. I think maybe maybe not that much, but I'm going to say 11. I'm going to say 18. I'm that and much. Garrett, guys, oh. we knew it wasn't enough to get the outlier. <laughs> guys, we we did miss a game as well. What's your tip? The Fijiana, uh, Fijiana versus oh, Tars. I knew it. Um, Look, I'm going to bear with my heart. Like For four years to not lose, and some of those exciting girls and that experience and the cohesion in that girls' team for the Tars, the Tars are going to get a win. I just don't think it's going to be big. I think it'll be tight and it could go the way. I'll go, I'll go Tars by five. They're going to score a try to, to win it. I'm back in the Tars. I'm back in them. Going Tars by ten, mate. That's basically the Wallaroos team in there. They, as you said, they know they've been getting it done. Cohesion, cohesion. And I'm going the Andrua. I think they're going to get it done. I think. How dare you, mate? Get off this podcast. They are exciting, but Harry's just trying to be. But speaking of Tars and Andrua, that is the next game in the men's Super Rugby. We're going to talk about coming up this weekend. Uh, Is this the this Drua home game? So. We don't have any new injuries to report in this one that I can think of. Uh, we do have one. Will Harrison, uh, quad injury. Might have the severity of this? No, no nothing at all, really. Um, so we'll, we'll wait and see because, obviously, we're, we're pretty keen for anyone um, else to be at fullback rather than Newsom, and that's what's going to happen with Will Harrison out. But hopefully not too many weeks. But it gives it, it locks in um, Noangani, Nawasi, and Pisha's chances on the wing, so that's positive. Just that's true. Got to find a way to get rid of Newsom and bring Harrison back. So that's yeah. it. We just got to find a way to get Newsom injured. But um, look, he did, uh, he did well on the weekend. Thank you, wrong. Yeah, no, I won't allow that. Um, all right, other players coming back. We've got uh, Raboni Warren Voyasatho, who, who um, very excited to see come back from a hip injury. We've got Michael Hooper, the heart and soul, coming back from a foot injury. Uh, Isaiah Parisi, the uh, angriest man on the planet and uh, formerly the entire Tars back line, if Angus Bell was the entire Ford pack. And uh, the Drua, so some pretty big returning right there. And the Drua have um, Isaiah Nasila Silla returning, uh, getting a start. I forget who was starting last week. It's our Cricket of Veta has um, obviously played his... Uh, in the Veta. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, look, the, the last time these guys played, the Tars won 40-10 in round one. We predicted pre-season. That, that was the best time to play. That was the best time to play them, and they're going to build. And I think they're going to be a little bit angry after the <laughs> loss last week as well. Um, they've made a couple of little changes throughout their side as well. We've got Samuel Samuel Vodre coming into the wing for them. He's making his debut Caleb Munt's returning, I think he was in the bench last time out for them, back into the now the 12 jersey. So we were discussing, does Teti Teller stay at that 10 jersey? And I think we've got, you know, a potential answer for us here, obviously with Vota missing from this side. Um, but I'm interested to see how he does in that centre pairing as well in that 12 jersey. It is interesting. This is the first time we'll see a double playmaker role from them with uh, essentially two 10s at, at 10 and 12. I think Munz has played some 12 before in his career. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I wonder if, hope there's nothing wrong with Vota that maybe he's just getting a rest. Um, he's been pretty good all season. I mean, Harry is giving yeah. us the snake eyes here. He dead. He's definitely hopes there's nothing wrong with Harry. He's hopes of Fiji. He, he better not be injured. Dead said he's been one of my standouts far out. But speaking of being one of my standouts, mate, Revovo uh, is now playing in the 13 jersey and uh, with two 10s inside him, it's just going to be two blokes cutting him out or giving him the ball, isn't it? So he's going to be really unleashed this week. And even I though guess, he's been getting some big scores, 50s and 60s, I, I think he may as well just yeah, go 100 for this I, week. I, really. hate, I hate to interrupt you because we all love Revovo, not Revovo, Revovo. But Harry, Harry's just got up the uh, team lineup for the Fiji and Drua. Harry, can you just read what people are saying? Uh, yeah, first comment, is Vota injured or rested? Second comment, where the hell is Vota? Third comment, Solomon <laughs> Vota, okay. <laughs> so people have a similar mindset. Yeah, so we're all on the same page. And look, Caleb Munts is a much lighter weight 12, so it's going to be interesting to see if the Tars just throw Parisi down his channel all day long and maybe Jamie Roberts even in the second half as well. For Ketty, might just try and put a uh, hand out on him. Yeah, go like on. that great try for Kitty scored not one week or two weeks ago. Two just weeks a ago, big yeah. hand and straight in. So Kevin Munz is one seventy and eighty seven kilos. So he's not. He's definitely not a big boy. No, they'll definitely be targeting that. But um, yeah, uh, no, I'm excited to see um, see both. Guys, some some Sammy Vodre uh, making his debut on the wing. He was the under twenties captain back in twenty twenty. So I think any outside back that's captaining in a side is a pretty good sign. I think he was with the Fijian side in the Autumn Internationals last year. Played in the Fijian A side as well. So I'm excited to see what he can do. And he's just come across. He was playing for the Free Jacks in the MLR last yes. year. So. Um, yeah, no, he looks really good. Of course, uh, I have watched his game tape as well. Um, very excited about him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like they just haven't been, they haven't settled down. I mean, obviously, Hambossi has just, he plays so well that you can't even, you know, begin to think of putting someone else into the 11 jersey. But they, they haven't quite locked down that 14 yet, have they? I mean, I, I personally thought Ritave has been brilliant every time he has come on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they've got some very talented players to, to give a go. So um, excited to see him have a crack. Yeah, no, it's exciting to see. Um, if we move on to, I think that's all the changes for them, but obviously the Tars missing. Harry's watching some of their highlights. I have, oh, the only other change, sorry, is that in the front row, they've got back uh, oh, yeah. back into the loose head with Tawaki coming back into the tight head, which I think seems like their best mm-hmm. front row. Uh, I'm not sure between, you know, Dolacotto and Ikene Vieri, they've both been um, brilliant, but um, I think that's their, their best prop. Propping uh, combination there. Also got Salawa playing seven with Mira Mira on the bench. So there is a couple changes there. Tamani playing six again. And we, mm-hmm. we missed last week, guys, as well. Hatet made his, I think it was his first game off the bench last week. And he was one of those bikes that we thought was a real chance of actually getting a fair few starts at loose head this year. He mm-hmm. had that big work rate, if you remember, in the NPC, where he yeah. was just making huge numbers of tackles. So it's, you know, I don't think he really got too much of a chance to show his worth last week off the bench, but hopefully he gets a few minutes, particularly with you, Louis uh, Lekepa, having a fair bit of game time recently and needing a bit of a break. Yeah, let's jump into the, the tar side. So without uh, now two two fly halves, two young weapon fly halves for us with Donaldson and Will Harrison out, thank goodness we have Tane Edmund. I, I really rate this bloke, so it's good to see him have a crack in that 10 jersey. In terms of he looks good. Tane, he looked good, didn't he? He looked confident. He's good, and he's a, he's a bigger body. He likes to take the ball to the line as well when necessary. So, I mean, he is a 10 that maybe has the ability to play 12 
as well, being that bigger kind of physical body as well. So it's just good to see him get another crack there. And thank goodness we've got three young 10s and they're all getting a bit of a crack this year. So that, that's a good thing to see. How's Mac Mason feeling? Oh, mate, look. It's just I've bad had, timing, isn't it? It's just, it's all about timing. It's all about timing. I feel, feel bad for the bloke. But yeah, no, he wouldn't be getting any runs at the moment. So he's made the right choice. And Nels, look, is there enough? Um, uh, oh, well, actually, they're not playing Tizano and Gamble this time, but is there enough uh, flankers for you, mate? We've got, um, you know, Harris, uh, sorry, Sinclair and uh, Gamble well, starting. I say uh, that there we've got is. two coming off the bench. I, yeah, I say there is because there's no locks on the bench. So that's that's a good thing to see Hooper and Vosse Artho on the bench. Um, Harry's going into a, a YouTube. <laughs> I might not speak anymore, guys. I'm just watching Summer Summer Bodway's highlights. It's probably the best for all of us. I, I had enjoyed those a while. Yeah, look, I mean, I love seeing Gamble having, you know, a bit more game time there as well, just before that jersey gets ripped out of his hands. Um, but he's been absolutely brilliant this year. And that depth in the Tars 7 jersey is just absolutely phenomenal at the moment, which is an awesome thing to see. Biggest, best depth across Super Rugby in the seven jersey. All right, and look, so we've spoken about how the Tars game one was the round one was the perfect time to play them. But how do we see this one going? As we've said, the Drua have got better and better. I think they still have been getting beaten at the set piece. Um, the teams like last week, Rebels as an example, just really controlled the game and set the tone through that, just really slowed it down, structured play, played the territory. Obviously, the Tiles will be looking to do the same thing, apart from maybe exploiting Caleb yeah. Munts. But um, how do we see this game going? I think, thankfully, the Tiles have their, you know, full-strength type five back after, you know, people coming in and out in the locks and last week, no bell or HGH on the bench. So that, that's a real positive for them because with all these guys on the paddock, we've been pretty strong in the lineup, pretty strong at scrum time. There's been, yes, moments where, you know, the, the scrum's not been 100%, but all in all, I think it's been very solid. Um, Hugh Sinclair maybe adds another kind of relatively good line-out jumping option. Um, I'm guessing, you know, he's going to fill into the, the second row if needed towards the back end of the game because um, he's got a pretty big motor on him um, at that sort of six-lock role. Um, so, uh, look, I think with strike power as well, Tane Edmund, if he plays the ball flat, you know, picks his times, you've got Isaiah, Isaiah Parisi, Fakedi in good form. We've got Noangani Nidawasi, who we've just talked about, um, how well he can attack. We have weapons out in the backs. Jack Grant's been playing relatively well as well, getting his first try last week off really good, just backing up the team, team willing to throw the ball around. I think this will be a good matchup for the Tars in the sense that they like to play loose, but hopefully they don't forget, you know, to, to do the work in tight and, and prove that they can, you know, get another win here. I think every single team coming in against the Indra are going to try and slow the game down, kick to touch, play the set piece. So I think they just got to follow a game plan there, and, and I suspect that's what will happen. I think on the flip side, the Indra, they, uh, they started to make some of those errors that they made in round one last week where they – started attacking from the wrong areas of the field and they probably didn't stick to what I suspect was their game plan nearly mm. as well. So I think that's a big important thing for them this week to clean up. But on top of that, the changes in the back line, Revavau now um, now at outside centre, the hardest position to mm. defend. I think formerly a rugby league man, so maybe not. Is that, That's right, isn't it? No, I think you're the wrong guy. His brother's the All Black Sevens representative. Oh, sorry, okay. Um, either way, it's a, it's a big shift to go to that position where you now have a lot to think about for a pretty smart backline, I think. And uh, 
and and, and, and Parisi up against you, no less. Yeah, and there's there's no doubt that they can score points, but how that back line defends the Tars, I think, is going to be the big, big question. And if they can get that right, they're a chance. I think that's going to be the big ask, though. Yeah, look, and you've I, got to be look. As much as we uh, love talking about Marky Mark, um, Harry, you've got to be love seeing um, he is marking up uh, Hambossi this week. So, mm-hmm. are we saying Hambossi is good for two or three tries this weekend? Or? Oh yeah, probably that's that's right. that. probably. It, it, ho- hopefully, it's three tries a piece, though. You know what I mean? That uh, yeah, Hambossi gets three and Marky Mark gets three. Um, look, I think the ties are a bit. It's a big loss without Will Harrison's left boot. You know, as well, I I think you, you take him and Donaldson's um, maturity off off the boot um, out, a left and right kicker. That that's going to hurt them a little bit in this game. But Tane Edmund is quite solid there. I don't know Newsom in terms of his clearance and his kicking. I, I think it's probably sound, but I, I, it's not going to be the same. I, think I feel like it's got more sound right. biting than it's worth. And um, I feel like it was five minutes ago. I was trying to get onto the tips, but let's do it. Tips for this one, uh, Harry. Scores on this. Uh, I think the Tars will get it done by 10 points. I reckon they're going all right at the moment. <clears throat> Nils, what do you got? I'm probably close. I'm probably close to that, to be fair. I'm, I'm going to say Tars by um, maybe maybe eight. I don't, I don't know why I'm not going seven. I was originally thinking seven, but I'll go That's eight. Good. I saw the word eight coming out of your mouth first, and I was going to go Tars by seven, so thank you. You've left that to me. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, you'll be jammed in the middle. Excellent. That's a good one. All right. Well, let's rip on to the next one. Uh, we have the uh, Blues taking on the Moana Pacifica again. It's not uh, Groundhog Day. You're not having deja vu. Yes, they only played a couple of days ago, but this is back-to-back, except this is an actual round seven fixture, not a makeup fixture. Just wrap your head around that one. All right. New injuries to report. Uh, it's not an injury, but Lala, that red card, don't know if he's been sentenced yet, but He's not playing for a couple of weeks, most likely. What's the rule there? Can they just play him because it hasn't been made yet? There's no ruling. So yeah, at the moment, true. he's allowed to play. Get him on the park. If there's a midweek fixture and you get a card, like just play him on the weekend as quickly as you can. It's true. Um, the other injuries report, Bowden had an HIA. Uh, hmm. I don't know how many minutes into the game. It wasn't very many minutes into the game, but um, that's just concerning given he was dealing with um, some concussion issues coming at the start of the season. So. Yeah, They've said it's minor. They've said he's he's pulled through, not having you know ongoing symptoms afterwards, which is a real good positive. Yeah, and, and obviously he'll, he'll be keen to pl- he'll be keen to play, but uh, you know, the AB will be clean to rest him. It's at least ten days. That's the, that's oh. the my shorthand there is. So he's he will not be playing. Okay, fantastic. Moana um, Pacifica injuries: uh, Ray Nuya not sh- is injured. Manu Paya and Henry Typhu they're all pulled late. Yeah, so um, we think that they've said that COVID is going back through their camp at the moment again. So they were pulled late from that Tuesday game. So we suspect that's why, which obviously would mean four or five days later, they're not going to be available again. So all the players who missed it the first time, lucky lucky to get it the second time. That's yeah, uh, how good. Um, returning though, uh, Hoskins Tutu and Dalton Papali'i should be all right. Uh, were they both, what, what happened to them? Because they both had great games. They just said, yeah, they just said after the physical game of the weekend, them, Rico and Goodhue were all carrying niggles. Um, they specifically said those two should be fine for the game, but they just didn't say any more about Rico and Goodhue. So based off that, we're saying that those two, yeah, we're, we're highly likely <laughs> to see them and there's a question mark on the other two. No, no, mate. Rico's made of titanium, mate. He'll be playing. Don't worry about it. Um, but uh, all right, last time these guys, these teams played four days ago, we said that was the Blues B and the Moana B teams. Mm. Blues took the win 32 to 19. We said that they 
the B team were composed and able to get it done and hold down the game despite a red card in the second half, as opposed to their previous fixtures where that's been a concern is really closing out a game and seeing through the 80 minutes. So whilst we're back to the A team and we're, mm. you know, I, I guess expecting more from them, um, we're also back to the Moana Pacifica A team that beat the Hurricanes. So this is going to be an absolutely ripper game um, in Auckland. I'm sure the crowd for both teams will be huge. Um, yeah, but do we assume we're just back to the A teams and we're going to see essentially Look, I, I think what we talked about? We've jotted down what we think is probably going to be the lineups for this one. Um, obviously, the big question is, I mean, not question, but Bonnie Barrett's not going to be there for 10. So he's a, he's a change that's going to happen for us. Perifetta has played 120 minutes since last Saturday and is expected to play again this Saturday. So I expect him to play again. Harry's expected to play. I'm Come sure on. he's just, mate, he's just not training the rest of the, the time. He's just sitting there having ice baths. That's the, that's, the, that's the whole team. Let, let, let's yeah. be honest. Anyone that plays that's backing up, they're going to have a few days recovery. They'll do a captain's run and then they'll yep. play. You only get one training session. I, I don't think there's any problem with that, particularly when Bowden will probably start mm. the next week yeah. and they'll shift pair of franchise back to the bench again, which will break Cargis in my heart. But, you know, that's what will happen. Yeah, so we think he's going to be partnered by Christy, who only came off the bench on the weekend. Um, I probably just put him in. I was going to say that just put him in the cool room at the back of the uh, the yeah. bottle shop. You know, just like for the week, they're like just spend three days in there. You'll be right and come out. It's kind of a cryogenesis type of job. Probably we we think if if they do chuck someone else in ten, they got Simon Hickey in the squad. Um, he, he's an option. He's someone that might be named in there. I don't know Ooh. where. Where he's been. Oh, is he Crusaders? Maybe Crusaders. I'm maybe playing for the Crusaders. Crusaders. Sorry. Yeah, so uh, they, they, they did have someone else, but yeah. I can't remember who it is. And obviously, Harry Plummer's got the season. Came off the bench last week and got like seven minutes. Ah, yeah. He's a, he's oh, yeah. Oh, like Evans. Someone, someone Evans. Yeah. No, no. Corey, Corey Evans is the um and the center that I talked oh, about yeah. as the very good young center, yeah. very smart Winkle player, too. plays at twelve. Um, looks running out the the backs. We got we think Heem and likely Rico. Um. If we've got no Rico, we, we were thinking that, you know, maybe Talia or Talia gets another run in the centres or Tua, who, who played for them um, at 13 on Tuesday, just to have one of those sort of, you know, guys that have been in, in the squad playing a little bit recently. Yeah, I think on that, I think, I mean, obviously, Tanya Talia, I'm sure, can play 13 as well, but he seemed to be really only played 12 on the wing. And Tamari yeah. Tua, Tamari Tua, I thought was really good um, in the 13 yeah. jersey, so we could see him. But I mean, one thing is, it, it's the Blues. They love to have wingers, and Talia has played on the wing. That's so, true. Um, in- I was going to say, actually, if there wasn't um, a Rico, we, you could well see a, a Talia at twelve, Heem at thirteen. I mean, I, I feel like they they think they can yeah. stick Heem anywhere. To be honest, so that's probably He's fair. Score big too. That's fair. Look, big. on the back three, we've got Clark and Sullivan. We think they're no brainers to cover the other wing. We've gone AJ Lamb. Um, Yes, he, he played on Tuesday, but we need someone to fill that role, and we think he's he's the man for us. And so, so you mean resting Mark Talia after two eighty minute back two eighty minute performances? It's going to happen. Front row guys, we got uh, Offa, Eklund, and Renata played a couple of the Saturday game last week. So, considering that none of them started last week, I think they'll shift them straight back in. We had. Um, Tucker and Josh Goodhue as the, the centres. Yeah. Obviously, second, a bit of a second row, sorry. <laughs> you confuse me with randomly moving things around. Um, 
Good Hugh is obviously a bit of a question mark over him considering he was named as having a niggly injury. So if he doesn't start, we're thinking maybe this is the time that we see Robinson slide back in considering there's been some good performances from some of the young loose forwards or you might even just get Sam Darry backing up as the young legs as well. Then if Robinson's at six, if he's playing back row, then it'll be him, Papali, in Satutu to run out exactly what was the weekend before. So there's been a clear rotation of that pack. So they'll just swap in and out in our heads, I think. The only question being good hue and what that means for Robinson. Yep. Yep, agreed. And, uh, I mean, I guess what do we expect from the, before we push on to the Moana Pacifica team? Or should we go through the team first and then yeah. what do we expect from both yeah. All right, Moana Pacifica, take us through that. So same same idea, you know, we, we can pretty easily look and compare the two sides and see how they've rotated. They obviously put out a second string string side yeah. for the Tuesday game. So logically, you would think that it's Linden, Muth, uh, Molly and Kepu in the front row. Uh, Lotto, Lotto, Tolo, uh, Tolo, Lot, Lotto, Lotto, yeah. Thank Tolo, you. Lotto. Thank you. Um, started on Tuesday. So he has been their first choice for the bulk of the season. But um, I think it'll uh, it'll probably be Molly. Yeah. You put it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, Poloniati and Slade were in the lock. Slade did get a HIA on the weekend. So I think there's definitely a bit of a question mark for his involvement this week as well. Mate, if he got an HIA, he caused at least three or four, I feel like, like even if they were post-game. But um, yeah, big fan of him. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Big fan. Yep. And uh, to Apollo, Fanaki and Henry Time Stowers or Team Stowers, Stowers, Stowers yep. uh, will likely just slide back in. They've been very good, I think. Despite having, um, you see the side, uh, the bit where Henry went off the sideline, he, he's like, yeah, my finger was like pointing 90 degrees. Yeah. He's got the tape it back up. It, it is actually a fair question. Like if, if it's just, just dislocated, <laughs> he'll be playing. But if yeah. it's not, then he could be out for four weeks just like Sam, you know, Sam Whitelock, basically. It, it can be dislocated and literally just tape back in and play next week. So yeah. that's what well, that's what we're hoping. We he's haven't heard he's such a hard man, you'd never know, you know. I mean, he's all smiles. Obviously, they won that game. But um, God, it, it, it may look like it made no difference. Mate, I've played with a snap finger. You can't tell. If you're full of adrenaline and he's trying to kill everybody in the world, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have even noticed. He's going, oh, that's not, that's not normal. Uh, if we jump into the, the backs, Tamatini and uh, Christian Ali Aliafano, uh, we've got at 9 and 10. Henry, I was just going to say, shout out on that, mate. Tomatini is much bigger than I thought he was. He was actually absolutely crunching people as well on the weekend. I, I don't know if he just grew an extra 10 kilos or something because of all the guys around him smashing everyone. But You've got, you got the Pacific Islander confidence. If, if they're doing well and they're confident, mate, they all grow a few inches. He was absolutely crunching either. people. Yeah. Um, look, if we go then into the centres, maybe Henry Taifu who played... Um, actually pulled late on, on Tuesday. The other option is Danny Tawala and, um, and, and that's Solomon Akata as well. But obviously he was, it was his first mm. game back from injury on Tuesday and then they went from the bench straight into the starting side. So we think it's pretty unlikely they back up someone like that on a mm. short turnaround. So Danny yeah. Tawala, the form centre, really probably the go. Yeah. And then Levi start. Amor at 13 because he's also a weapon in the outside backs. We, we're not, not just gonna... a weapon, but a specimen as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, show me a number 13 bigger and faster than him. He's, he's Maybe a... faster, but bigger than him. Um, for my Fainga Anuku and Havili to round out the backs. Um, Kagi, so how big do you reckon Tamatini is? Look, uh, look, if you read his stats off, they're going to be, it's not going to be accurate to actually. Oh, you know, they, they, they have clearly gotten on. Uh, how, oh, I was no, talking no, about no, how no. shredded they all look, but he he is massive. Anyway. 
Five foot nine. Um, so what can the what can Moana do, Kagi, to win this one? All right, what can Moana do? Well, well, for me, pretty much the same thing they did against the Hurricanes, and that is come out there and put some of the, those players into the, you know, into last week. Um, obviously, they did well with Bowden Barrett. They were like, all right, the first thing we need to do is get Bowden Barrett off this field. Boom, job done. And, um, yeah, just absolutely come out and bash them. Uh, that line speed, it's, it's not only, like, the actual hits, but just the threat of those hits and the line speed is making... The, Making the hurricane, it made the hurricanes last week. You know, push the pass, things like that. So, first of all, that um, set piece, and and again, it's the, the main point every week is just um, discipline. It's just you know, they still beat the hurricanes after giving away nineteen penalties and two yellow cards. Uh, if they imagine playing a full game with uh, you know fifteen players and um, and not giving gifting the opposition you know territory throughout the entire game. So uh, we know they can play, but the, the main thing they'd have to get on top on it is discipline. And a lot of that is in the breakdown, um, whether or not that's being like held in or whatever, they've just got to, I don't know if they need to compete less at the breakdown, maybe um, if that would help, but uh, those would be the major points for me. I don't, I don't know about competing less. They just need to be cleaner. I, I, I think dominating the breakdown is one of the keys for them. They were so good against the Hurricanes, and I think that's probably why they were able to repel them for so long. I think the Blues will be smarter than that, and they'll take points when they're on offer, particularly while the game's a little bit tighter, just to try and take the steam out of their legs. But I think they've got to go really harder to get the penalties that they did against the Canes and, and as you said, do it without getting things themselves. I think one thing for me as well is we, we touched on their last game, for a, a big chunk of the, the game, they just relied on, you know, Havili's big boot and they didn't really, you know, hold the ball and back themselves in contact and, and actually putting phases together. And as soon as they start to do that and get a bit of a whiff, they're, they're really, really dangerous. So I, I think they've got to back themselves. Yes, you've got to play field position, use Havili to get out of your own, you know, defensive zones, but don't be just kicking the ball all the way, silly, you know, silly times. You're not necessarily the strongest scrum or the line out. So play with ball in hand and, and you know, give it a real crack. Can I, say I, think, Sorry, I was going to say, look, and, and I mean, even though if there's no Rico Ioane for the Blues as well, if I was the Moana Pacific, I'd be getting the ball out to Levi Amua and Tima Fyanganuku on that right-hand side all day. I mean, yeah, even if don't get me wrong, that it is going to be fine Ganuku up against Caleb Clark. That's going to be a hell of a battle. Can't wait for that. But um, but those two, I mean, those those are two incredible one-on-one athletes. So I would I'd be heading it out that way. It's you're thinking of the wrong Fine Ganuku. He's good, but he's not less he's not less that. Yeah. Hey he's guys, the, on, on the blues. My point and, is he's massive though. I, I think they have such damaging runners that that mm. could cause some real problems for Moana if they do get in the field position. But on top of that, I thought the other one for me was Dalton Papali'i. I think he needs a good game. Like mm. after a huge 2021, he's, yes, he's the captain, but I'm not buying your Sam Kane effect where just because you're the captain, that means you're exceptional. Every time <laughs> the the Sam Kane effect. Wow. Oh. Right. Effect. Just, just right. trying to casually <laughs> slide that in there as well. I love it. No, uh, so so in all seriousness, though, I, I think he needs a big game. I don't think he's been playing all that well. He's not making that many tackles. He's not making any any big dent in the in the running game, and he's been okay on the ball, but not that good either. Like, I just think he needs to have a bigger impact as a leader in this side. I think he probably needs to lift because the rest of his team are playing pretty well. It yep. is interesting you say that because until the last game, um, Hoskins Satutu arguably has been pretty quiet as well. So having having two of your three back rowers, your star back rowers in All Blacks, 
pretty quiet. Um, yeah, interesting. Even, as to even Robinson, he... though, like that that back row, it's the young guys coming in that have looked good rather than... Plumtree. Yeah, Plumtree. Is, Plumtree's is... looked a bit... Plumtree's, had, uh, apart from Hoskins last last week or whatever it was, uh, yeah, yeah Plumtree I... probably had the standout performance. I said you play him and move Robinson into the locks, but it's not going to happen. He's no longer on my team, so I, I won't keep pushing it. Um, Kagi, who, how do you see this one going? Look, I see the Blues winning it, um, but... I don't know if I'm going to be swayed to call it closer than I think it'll be because of the, the win against the Hurricanes. Look, I think the Blues will get it done. Um, I'm going to go by nine points. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to increase the margin on what I originally thought. I was going to say 12. I'm going to jump it up to 14 points. I think that they've just got too much firepower, and I don't think Moana Pacifica are able to hold out a side that can break the line and put the points on them. So you change it from 12 to 14 because you realise they've got too much firepower, so they're going to convert that try with that firepower and instead they're going to win by 14. They, they might convert no tries and just uh, convert none of them and just keep, score more tries as well. So yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's wrong. Um, look, it's definitely going to be 12, so you should have stuck with your guns. I think they're going to win by 12. Right. The no, I agree. I, I, I agree with you, Harry, in that there's a lot of firepower, but I don't think Moana can can hold them out without conceding penalties and possibly a cut, which is their issue. But yeah, okay. so. guys, off to right, the, we'll uh, the the biggest game in uh, the men's Super Rugby AU side of the drill this week. You got the Reds versus the Brums. So the Reds have had two injuries out of last week, getting beaten up by the Waratahs. Uh, Seru Iru, who has obviously Iru has who has obviously been so so good. Uh, has a syndesmosis high ankle sprain, and they're saying he's gone for kind of four weeks, three to four weeks, but probably four weeks. Um, and Jock Campbell has a fracture of his hand, and he's probably gone for three or four as well. So two pretty big outs. Uru in the forward pack has been exceptional, and Campbell, particularly when he's at fullback, you know, not that that's where he was going to be, I think has been has been big for them as well. On the other side of the, the ledger, you got Tom Banks as his fractured cheek. Didn't get banned in the end for that red card, which... We'll get to, as Nelson said, in the dessert, but um, he will be gone for a few weeks as well, maybe back for round 11. Returning on this one, you got Richie Asiata getting his first game after having a fracture, having to be fixed in the off-season, in the preseason. He fractured that arm, so he's off the bench. you got Lucan Salakaya Loto coming back from his high ankle sprain, so back earlier than we probably would have expected. Then you got James Slipper mm-hmm. and Alan Alaalatoa starting again after the two of them had a rest. Yeah, look, I, I think again, this is this is a top of the table clash, one v two. Don't need to throw Kiwi teams up in that conversation anymore until we start playing them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I, I think Reds are going to be, you know, a little bit reeling from what happened last time and and raring to go. We've we've got the likes of Dungunu coming back into the wing, who hasn't even been on the bench as Kagi said. He's either you know, starting or he's not even in the 23. So he'll see this as an opportunity to try and get himself back into this starting side. I love Nels couldn't even get through talking about the what happened when they played last time and jump straight to Dungunu. He's that excited. Fair <laughs> yeah, enough. Yeah. I would be too. Um, no, last time they played uh, a very close fought match down in um, uh, in Canberra. Brums won that 16 to 12. And I think it had been a few games since they had beaten the Reds. So it was a big win for them. Uh, a lot of penalty goals, just a real tight, uh, affair that one. Um, I was going to say, in, in terms of Noah Lelisio, was you know, I don't think his injury was that bad. He was possibly going to be back this week, even if he was available. I think um, he probably would have sat this one out because I went back and watched the highlights of that round five 
game. And that was where Hunter Paisami absolutely axed him and sent him back a week uh, in time. So, um, is it on Instagram good. where someone said, Oh, yeah, how, how's how do you reckon Alessio's ribs are? And he came back and replied and said, Yeah, they're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that. That's good. Um, and the only note I have on their last game, last time they played, was they didn't have Tate McDermott, which is a pretty big uh, loss. So he was out injured. So they will have him back this week. And um, I know jumping ahead, getting to the Brumbies, but I think it's going to be one of the major battles of this game is Tate McDermott and the young Ryan Lonigan, who um, had, not a battle, mate. Has, has got. Has, well, I was just going to say Lonigan's got another start this week over Nick White, just because he uh, had a brilliant game last week in which he captained the Brumbies to his. First win, and uh, I think it's going to be a good good matchup. Look, I, I I like Lonigan. It's not a battle. Tate is potentially world class. Oh, look, it's it is chalk and cheese, but yeah. I just I think that's going to be a serious matchup in this game. Yeah, there's, there, yeah, it's probably fair. There's a lot of matchups uh, right across the board. We talked about them last time these two teams came up against each other, but yeah, uh, it, it's a it's a big loss to not have Lolasio for the Brumbies as well. Iona's done well for them. Um, but he's just not the same, and I think that's a big loss. White coming off the bench, it, it should sort of shore them up in the back end, but um, it's interesting to see him on the bench again after, you know, missing last week for the birth of his child. Um, it's possible people. that he hasn't really been training. He's had yeah. a couple of weeks off, and he's just turning up for games, to be honest. Yeah, it's quite potential. But, I mean, you give the, the guy minutes anyway, and, and the change of Jesse Mogg at that 15 jersey rather than Tom Banks. So, this time it seems to be a little bit more of a weakened Brumby side, whereas last time was a little bit more of a weakened Reds or just stabilised Red side. Yes, they've had a couple of injuries in the last couple, you know, days to, to week the Reds, but they're bringing in two Wallabies, you know. They're bringing in Liam Wright and, and Dungunu, so very experienced players who are going to really be trying to stamp their name back in this side. So if anything, they're going to have a little bit of a lift. And I'm excited to see this one. I think it could be tight. Um, Brumbies have been so good. But, I mean, it's going to be a good, interesting game. Yeah, big for me is going to be the 9-10 battle. I think Tate McDermott, James O'Connor have got to have the wood over Ryan Lonergan and, and Rod Iona. And I've actually just flipped my tip looking at that, to be honest with you, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. I think that's massive. And then even Jesse Mogg, I'm not convinced yet that he's still the player he was when he left. So there's a big change in the back line and the, and the steering of the ship from there, from the Brumbies back. So I think it's going to be a really close one there. The, uh, the front row battle, though, Craigs, I feel like that's surely the thing that you're, you're just, like, licking your lips to talk about. It is, uh, but I'll hold off for a second. I was going to say, Jesse Mogg, I think he's an even more complete player than when he left. Oh, I'm actually very excited about giving him a crack uh, at 15. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see how he goes. But, um, but no, the front row battle, yeah, that is, I mean, that's that's the narrative of this game, right? That's why everyone's coming to watch you. It's, um, we've got some wall- we've some serious wallabies in here. Um, and, you know, the old bull, James Slipper, licks his lips at an opportunity to go up against uh, the absolute juggernaut, Taniela Tupo. And if there's anyone that knows how to get under his skin, it's uh, it's Slipper, who's who's kind of, I guess, you'd say brought him up through the system at the Reds um, and has packed out a lot of scrums and done a lot of scrum training with him. So um, that'll be really good. Uh, and given how prolific Tupo's performance was last week. That'll be, you know, very important in this one. So. I, I think that they're going to lose a lot there, the Reds, to be honest. Like, Harry Hooper is not the same scrummager as Dane Zander, and mm. he's he's more lightweight, and obviously Nass is pretty lightweight as well. Against such an experienced front row, I actually think compared to last time they played, my, I suspect that maybe the the Reds won't have the same dominance in the, in the set piece as well. So... 
I, I reckon that's actually probably points to the Brumbies compared to the last time they played, which might offset some of that backline dominance we think the Reds will get. Absolutely. And you, you think the Brumbies will back that and they'll be they'll be pushing for some scrum penalties to get them down the field. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's interesting. NASA, I think, is not a small body. He's 188 centimetres, 114 kilos. Ex-prop that's shifted across into the August. He is actually quite a big big body if you see him in, on that field. And, and last time these two teams met, Dane Zander got a red card as well. Actually, no, sorry, it was last last week. Sorry, I think it was this matchup. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, I was like, how many reds is that bloke out? He probably... Yeah. Oh, yeah, he never looks. Mind me, he was wearing a red jersey. I got, uh, I got muddled. Um, but, yeah, look, there's there's definitely some some losses there. I think the Brumbies have got more losses than last time out, and it was very tight. Uh, and this is in Queensland. Guys, I've got two more things on this game. First of all, Liam Wright has just been struggling to get back into the starting side. Awesome for him to get an opportunity and see if he can can hold down a spot because, geez, there's real competition there for him now. So And Angus Scott Young's coming back as well. You know, there's there's some good competition in those in those jerseys and healthy, healthy competition. Liam Wright is gonna know he needs to play well now. So it's gonna be good to see what he does when the fire's been lit from underneath him. And the other one is Cam Clark, first run off the bench for the Brums as well. So excited to see what he can do when he's come back after being overseas for a couple of years as well. And I agree what you were thinking. Start him over Andy Muirhead. That's a good idea. I agree. Does anyone over Andy Muirhead? Um, yeah, the boy scored three tries last yeah, week. Yeah, I know. Oh, anyone could have scored those three tries last week, but I would have scored those three tries, okay? Just uh, Cam the Clark, last, excited. But, the, um, last, the last little story is the Crichton battle, uh, potentially late in the game, Hudson versus Lawson. Both sons of apparently Hud and Law, their parents. So it'll be interesting to see how they go in this one. <laughs> yeah, it was it wasn't wasn't good, but I'll take it. Um, I'm excited to see these two guys. They're quite mm-hmm. young, young, relatively exciting players. If they get the chance to come up against each other, I'm sure they're going to be running directly at each other, not around each other, and try to put each other in the asses. I wonder how many times they're going to be calling for the ball from them, like backyard footy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, hey, like pass to me. Come on, Hudson. Yeah. See if they can't get a couple of cheeky turnovers that way. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, could be good. All right. So this one, I think we expect both teams to take points when they're on offer. So it could be, uh, you know, increments of three uh, for the scoreline this one. I have let you guys go first, so I'll go first on this one. I think the Reds will get it done in Suncorp. Um, I think it'll be a close game. So I reckon the Reds by six points. Do you want me to go? Are you going to go? Uh, I think it's going to be tight, and I think it's going to be a Reds win. Um, I'm umming and ahhing between three and five, and I'm just going to end up backing myself and go, Reds are going to score an extra try. They're going to win by five. I had three written down, so I'm not really bad. I originally had Brums by three, and then I convinced myself through this preview that I switched, so I've got Reds by three as well. Yeah. Excellent. We're all in agreement. I love it. Last, last game, boys, we'll push because I know we're, we're dragging time on a little bit here now. Hurricanes versus the Chiefs. I've got their makeup game from round five on this one. So new injury. The big one is Brody Retallick, as you've you probably heard by now, has a fractured thumb and is gone for six weeks, I think. Um, so, you know, we're saying when's he going to come good? Not in the next six weeks. Um, returning here. So rough. He's been good. <laughs> the bloke has been good. He's been all right. Uh, look, with the players that might be coming back because we don't have a team lineup for the Chiefs just yet, Luke Jacobson, it's that injury that just keeps getting pushed back week after week after week. But we suspect 
this could be the week Sammy Penny Finau will be blowing up because he's been finally getting his chance. Uh, Peter Gus, I think probably you're going to see him come back after he was rested last week as well. And ALB, who just has had such a stop start start to his season, I think he'll probably come back in for Nunkavell as well. Yep, fair enough. Uh, Last time they played, Chiefs won 35 to 29 and 26 to 24. So the last two times they played uh, last year. So have not played yet in Super Rugby Pacific. But um, yeah, the Chiefs, interesting the Chiefs won last year. I was just trying to think the Chiefs weren't going particularly well the last few years, but um, obviously they found a way against the Hurricanes. Um, This one, Hurricanes. not quite like a Crusaders bounce back after a loss, but uh, given that they just lost to Moana Pacifica, uh, you'd be thinking they they want to come back with a vengeance. They're really going to want to bag and win this game. So uh, they didn't, you know, they rested quite a few players against Moana Pacifica or rested or COVID or whatever, but uh, you'd think they're really going to roll out their A team in this one. So uh, there's a few questions, I guess, around selection there and, and who exactly is their A team now, but... Um, I think the interesting thing for the the, the Canes is their their back five. Um, the centers, Peter Munger Jensen, last time out was was so good for me that you know he's he's your thirteen, and then it's who plays twelve for you. Um, you got Billy Proctor, you got Julian Savia, who obviously covers wing more often than not. Um, or you could be slipping Bailey Sullivan into the thirteen jersey, and you you push um, Peter Munger Jensen into to that twelve jersey. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't think it's. Yeah, I don't think it's actually settled at all at the moment. No. I, I think Peter among gents. I agree. I thought he's he got to be last in there. week, but I don't believe he has to be in there he by has any to means. He's the because, first one. A lot of but, mate. Balen Sullivan was awesome in yeah. his last game at outside center. I think uh, Julian Sevilla had a blinder at inside center. I, he's I, not. He's not the inside. And center. Billy Proctor is there. Seems to be their first choice out of all of them. So no, I, I don't think it's settled at all. I, I think it's just a flip of the coin at the what moment. Is, no, it's sort of settled. I said you got to get Peter and Jim. Well, then uh, who would you pick, Harry? Who, who would you pick for 12 and 13? Uh, I'd probably go with what worked for them a few few weeks ago, which is Julian Sevilla and Balan Sullivan, personally. No, okay. about you? Peter Munger Jensen and Balan Sullivan. <laughs> That's some exciting centers. I Actually, I'd like I'd back that as well. I can't remember if Peter Munger Jensen played 12 or 13 when he played for the All Blacks, but um, I think, you know, he can play either, but yeah. probably. Is more of a twelve. I don't know, but anyway, um, it's good. And that and that then leaves open the back three, as you were talking about. Um, so obviously, we would like to think you'd have to think Ray Arcee's got that eleven jersey locked down. Jordy, oh sorry, definitely Jordy Barrett has that fifteen jersey locked down. But then, um, that to me, that leaves one wing spot open. If it's not Julian Sevilla, is it Wes Husson or um, who we? What do we think? I mean, it's it's, the, it's a tough question, really. <laughs> it's just a great rotation. Yeah. Who knows? Last week they had Morby and Hoyson as their their um their team their gun their wingers. So obviously Morby, we expect to not get any more game time for a little while, despite having a reasonable outing. To be honest, but there's just too much competition. So you know, I think Wes Wes Hoyson and Salisi Rasi probably my first choices on the wings at the moment. That's that's it. Right. Wes. Hussein, um, speaking like, uh, you know, Afrikaans and Dutch names would say because he's from South Africa. I think Hussein will be, hopefully, will be, yeah, sitting in that jersey. Excellent. All right. Let's um, let's quick fire. Let's have a quick fire round and get through some more of these positions. Front rower, Pori Ricketti Stones had uh, started the season as the preferred loose head. Um, does he just come straight back in and, and start or um, 
do we see? I mean, I've, I've always thought Numia and uh, Fidel off the bench, I think they played last game. I thought they were really good and probably at the start of the season were your, your first choices. But um, Ricketty Stones, straight into start, yes, no? Oh, mate, I have no idea where they rate him, to be honest with you. It's so hard to pick. I, I agree that we all thought Numia was the first choice to start. Personally, I'm picking Alex Fidel to start because he was just so good. Um, but I don't think that'll actually happen. So I'm going to put my money with status quo. Is they actually... No, uh, Puri Ricketty Stones. I'm changing because they, they lost to Moana Pacifica. You can't really <laughs> for that. No. All right, and Nels, in less words than Harry just said? Lemire. Perfect. Love it. Um, all right, the locking pairing. Uh, I think I think we can all probably agree that given if they were fit, we were going to see a Scrafton and a Blackwell would be your top two locks um, just to get it done. Um, otherwise, if they're not fit, uh, Caleb Delaney, they've brought in a couple of times. I thought he's looked really good. It's just two games, but he's looked really good in those. Um, yes. So, yep, perfect. And then back row. Uh, this one might need a few more words than just yes or no, but um, they seem to have a lot of back rows. They really love Reed Princep for his kind of leadership qualities in at six. Um, Artie Sevilla obviously is definitely in there. It's just whether it's at seven or eight. And, um, you know, I would think what they will pick is something like a Princep, Duplessis, Karifi and Arnie Sevilla at eight combination. Otherwise, of course, we are big fans of Caleb Flanders and Braden Iose. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think that what I've just named is the most likely thing we'll see? I think Devin Flanders is more likely to play than Caleb Flanders personally. But I'm with you. I think that the right. first choice of, of Princep, Karifi and Sevilla is their first choice. Mm-hmm. I think Flanders is probably the next in line to get a start if I had to pick someone that might upset that back three and slide in at six. Yeah, that's your six, seven, eight for me. Uh, unless Cariffy's really shifted out of favour and they're, they're wanting to keep Gibson there, uh, I probably would because I don't really like Cariffy. But uh, I think for them, they've made it clear that Cariffy's their man at the moment in that seven jersey. And yeah. Fantastic. All right, TJ's back, and that's awesome. That's a lock. Uh, Ten. Uh, Aiden yeah, Morgan. He's, a half a- up, he's not a lock. Well done. Uh, Aiden Morgan was fantastic, frankly, even though they lost against Minor Pacifica. I think he led most of the attacking stats in there. Um, you know, before the game, we were saying, what is this? This is ridiculous. Just play Ruben Love. Give Pick one, give the guys some experience. And Ruben Love did look great when he came off the bench. He, I think he came off, took Geordie Barrett off and played fullback. But um, in one word, are you Morgan or Love? Two words. Not bash it. Uh, I'm... I wish that, but I'm going to say that they will go Jackson, Gutt, and Bashit. That's heaps more. Oh, God. I just don't... That's why I didn't give Ruben you the option loves, of more than one word. Ruben Love's been brought on as a super sub to make a difference, and I think that Aiden Morgan, as good as he was, he wasn't as much a distributor as he was an excellent attacker didn't, of the line. Didn't control the game that well. Oh, he, he did it all right, but I just don't think... Like, they have so much fire outside of them. No, I've, I've actually got, I've got the solution, guys. Don't that. worry about it. We were talking about they've got too many centers to pick. Just play three centers, put one of them at 10, and TJ will play both nine and 10. Boom. Done. 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 All right. Let's move on to the chefs. Uh, no, sorry. Have we done the chefs? No, we're going through the chefs. Um, loose head option. Uh, let's again, let's rapid fire it out through the, the lineup. Um, Ollie Norris, I think, is probably the way he's been playing is could be the number one loose head option here now over Aiden Ross and Atu Molly. He's just been mm. awesome, frankly. Uh, do we do we agree with that? Look, he's at, he's at the last couple of starts, and if we're going to keep going with that trend, he's been playing well. well I don't see why not. Yep, awesome. Uh, and then if Bro, so Brody's out as we talked about for a number of weeks. 
you would think that the Tupo Valle at number six experiment would would be over consequently, and that will even though they have a lot of really good locks, probably going to see Tupo Valle and Josh Lord would uh, both All Blacks would be a, a locked in locking pairing, um, and then back row we're still waiting for Luke Jacobson, um, but if we don't see him, uh, we're obviously going to see Peter Gus, Sam Kane. Sorry, if we see Peter Gus, Sam Kane, uh, and who who's your who who plays instead of Mitch Jacobson? Will we see? Sam Penny Finn now, will we see Mitch Jacobson or we just I think it's for now. I think it's for now at the moment. Look, it all all, for now. Yeah, it all hinges um, on what they're doing with Tupo Via Vai. Um, if he's playing that six jersey, if Suakul is back, I think Vai is going to be in the locks. If Mm Suakul is not back, he might be in that six jersey. Then we do see someone like Arkoy coming in and getting another run in that that lock jersey as well. Someone we can't forget. Right. Um, all right. Before I ask uh, for Joshuani or Bryn Gatlin, I'll let you think about that for one second. Um, centers are obviously Tupia and ALB at lockdown, as good as Nakavell's been if they're both starting, both All Blacks. Um, what is the best back three? And we'll come back to the 10. So uh, you'd have to say Nanai Saturo locked on 11. I'm making this easy for you. Shooter Stevenson has been in such good form. He's probably locking down that 14 jersey. 15. Um, I know Harry's a fan of Caleb Trask, but um, what do you guys think of who should be playing 15? Uh, the, the Trask narrower question is the only real question there for me uh, in the number 15 jersey. And it, it probably hinges on how they want to play and who plays 10 for them. Joshua only adds a bit of punch. Um, and, and for me, that means I'd be probably linking up with someone like Trask, a bit more of a ball player. If you go in the safest houses, Gatland, I'd be chucking someone like Narawa, adding a bit more, you know, punching that 15 jersey. So I, it depends on who gets that 10 jersey for me, but I, I'm not going to be surprised if it is Trask, um, but I, I want to see Narawa. And Harry, I suspect you're going to think it's going to be Trask because they seem to like that. No, I, I think what Nelson said makes a lot of sense, to be honest. I, I, I probably fit in line with that. Nothing more to add. Can't believe you guys are agreeing. All right, and last one then is the 10 question. Gatlin has been playing the house down. Uh, don't know if it's the pressure of having his dad watching everything he does that's just made him step up or something, uh, being there physically. Um, but, you know, we're all just have been incredibly excited for Josh Iwani from the start of the season. And he just hasn't really had many chances. So I think it's hard to see them not picking Gatlin off the back of the last two performances. Um, would you guys agree with that? Yeah, look, you've answered your own question, I think, to be honest with you. I think Gatlin's bought himself some time and opportunity. Yohan is going to get a chance. I don't know if it'll be this week or down the line off the back of a loss. I feel like they might try and right the ship a little bit. But um, I, I think you're right. I think Gatlin's bought himself some time, Most first and foremost. Awesome. All right. Well, I've just uh, run us through rapid firing out the, the lineups, but why don't you guys tell us how do you see this game going before we get to tips? Um so Hurricanes and the Chiefs, hope expecting to see both their best lineups out there. They both want to get a win. This is a rematch, rematch of a not rematch, um, makeup game from round five. Um, how, how do you see this going? What 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 are they going to do to win? I mean, I, th- I think the one big thing is the Hurricanes just missed Artie Sevilla so so much when they didn't have him. So first and foremost, I think that that's probably the big turning point if, if this one's actually going to be competitive or not. Without him, I just think the Chiefs will run away with it and have too much firepower. With him, he's in himself enough to turn the ball over and turn the game around in both attack and defence every single game. Um, so he's probably worth 10 points on either side. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness. Yeah, um, that's fair. So that, that's probably the first one from me. I, I think that they, they showed they couldn't finish 
last week with their kind of chopped and changed team there as well. So they just need firepower, otherwise they're going to go down. The Chiefs are the more composed side, the more settled side. They've got a lot of class through their forwards and their backs with Peter Gus firing as well. Oh, I just think they're going to run over the top of them, to be completely honest. I think this is going to be the, the case of the top three New Zealand sides versus the bottom two New Zealand sides in my eyes. Yeah, like it. Nels, what about you? Look, I, I'm echoing a similar thought, but it might not get as far apart as as Harry's sort of implying. I think the Canes have probably punched above their weight in terms of what we thought they would do this season. Um, and the Chiefs aren't as settled in a few key positions that, you know, maybe that that raises some questions for them. So look, I think the Chiefs are going to get it done. I'm, it's not going to be big, uh, um, but I, I think they'll get it done. What's your tip? Five. Chiefs by five, Harry. What do you got? I had him at six. Yeah, and, not, I said not that big. And I'll bring uh, Chiefs by seven just for some consistency here. But uh, no, I agree. I was trying to think if there's any real differentiators. Um, I, I think set pace, they will be pretty fairly matched, but I, I think you're right. I think the Chiefs are just a class above. And um, if they've got everyone on the park, okay. uh, too much firepower. So, yeah. yep. All right, well, look, that rounds out our main course for the evening, which is round seven and that makeup game we just talked about for round five. And that takes us on to our deserto. Very good, mate. Absolutely now with that. So obviously we've just decided to turn this into airing any grievances these days. So, and that's really just go for us just to talk about whatever we feel like. We, yeah. we, it's been a few things. There's been we've what, what have we done before? We've done listener questions. We've done uh, my first grievance is for you, like just trying to drag this pot out by yeah. reflecting back on everything we've ever done. So that's my first grievance. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. So look, I don't want it all be about my grievances, but uh, <laughs> it's going to be. So strap no. yourself in. Look, the first one's Fergus Lee Warner leaving. So you can tune out now. I mean, sorry. Yeah, Fergus Lee Warner. Both of these are from the force, actually. But I think these first two, Fergus Lee Warner um, leaving the force, that he's been, you know, so massive for them. And I would just love to see him getting some time in the Wallaby squad and seeing if he can prove himself, you know, in that that capacity um, to the, the coach as well um, in the Wallaby squad. The other one, let's just jump straight into it, is the signing of Simon Cron. We are so excited to see him back. Some people have been asking, why are you guys excited by him? He's just, he's yes, he's Kiwi, but he's been 10 years in Oz, working his way through the system, under 20s, NRC, Shoot Shield, um, been involved with the Tars and, and was probably done wrong there. And that's when he headed across. And it's been probably, probably the fair interest because he's relatives and all blacks coach and where he's all excited. That's probably the most. Yeah. And he's been under Hanson for a few not years. Probably was, was hard done by mate. He was fucked yeah. over by, by the Tars and Daryl Gibson, mate. Absolutely. And why did you keep Gibson around when you had someone that could have been better? And uh, then, then they signed Penny and, and that's, you know, that was a bit of a, you know, uh, a nail in the coffin for for Cron. But that's not the issue. I, I'm excited to see him back. The issue is this was released at 3 a.m. So it, I, the vibe was it was getting leaked and the force wanted to be open and transparent and maybe wanted to put it out there because Tim Sampson has been such a massive, massive part of the rebuild of this club over the last four years. Players love him. Players' families love him. And he's just... 
he seems like he's part of the lifeblood of that club and and probably will be forever moving forward because of what he's done in these last couple of years. And I mean, there's a lot of really upset players breaking this on, on social media saying they just don't think this is acceptable. And hopefully it didn't Who come. That? I mean, uh, Typhoon's wife came out and, and said it. He, I think he left, mate. He doesn't make, he doesn't get a voice. He didn't he left the club. <laughs> his, his wife didn't leave. But uh, a few of the a few of the players, I, I the vibe where they were quite unhappy. I don't can't say the name of the top but it's been all over social media. All the fans, Sea of Blue, have been really, really upset and vocal by it. Being, being a nice guy does not give you an unlimited contract. No, don't I mean, get me wrong, the 3M's weird, but he, all right, every coaching appointment ever is, hey, we've decided to sign no, this he, guy. This he, is the biggest beat-up by just no, no. Western Force fans. He took, he took a role that no one was willing to take. Yes, Harry, get after that. You know, if four years ago when, you know, they weren't in the Super Rugby, anything like that. I think he's done really quite well. Look where they are. At the, at the moment from, you know, where they were two years ago when they got thrown in the deep end without having any time to sign players. I think he's done Look, well to sort of build this club and, and get them back. And, and he signed before that happened. So he didn't sign to to be a hero into to bringing them back into Super Rugby. I think he's been an important part or important cog of this team. I think I think it shows just uh, how much airtime the Western Force are getting on our podcast just now, and how far they've come. Uh, just just in this grievances section alone. But uh, usually yeah. the grievance would be that they're still in the competition or something. But uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> too too far. Okay, all right. Um, look, no, look, I I think the big thing here is there's a poison chalice. Like you, no no coach was going to the Western Force in the 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 situation that they were and winning a title or no. making a top four. So. Tim Sampson, I think, has take, uh, taken on a poison chalice, but also it's not about him leaving. It's but, about also, the but also, the reality is, he hasn't actually put a result out there that is actually going to take them to the next level. And they see Simon Cronin's ability to do that. I think this has been an outcry from fans. Like, yeah, okay, no, he's a nice guy. It's like, not. No, right. no, you completely misunderstand. It's not the fact that a new coach is there. And I've said the same thing. Like, I mean, Cron deserves so a respect. The fact? the fact is, it was a three a.m. leak. From a guy that's been such a massive part of this club and this rebuild, what's the difference between? All right, look, I'm I'm with Harry, and I'd now like to lodge a grievance that we've been talking about this for okay, too fair. long. Let's Can move we go on. on to Nelson's next grievance. Okay, so the discussion around the banks' uh, red card. So, I mean, the the biggest one started stopwatch. The biggest grievance of this for me is talking about if we're trying to change behaviours which is not to sort of tackle high like this, right? We're trying to change behaviours, then we have to punish the action, not the outcome. If Pulu didn't step off his right foot and then headbutt almost, you know, head first, first point of contact, I don't think it's going to be a card for Banks. And it could actually be an actual try-saving tackle from Banks. Uh, I think so many moving parts at that point, he's trying to wrap him up. His poor technique, don't get me wrong, just tackle lower. But if you're actually trying to change behaviours, how can majority of the time he gets a good tackle that he's rewarded for, you know, in a potential try-saver, but on this, the attacking player does a different motion and now it's a red card? That's my confusion. I I don't think we're at a point where we're really changing behaviours if you can get rewarded or get punished for the exact same action depending on the other person's, you know, movements. I, I that That's what I think we need to work out here. I, I think we've got to protect players' heads. I think, you know, he, sh- he should have tackled lower, but it doesn't make sense how you can have, you know, one week it be rewarded and one week it be punished. This whole thing's impossible, mate. It's actually impossible. You just need 
Yeah, I saw all these articles saying oh, the, orange, the orange card is. No, I don't think that's. Oh, the orange, be, I haven't orange, seen that. Yeah, someone trying to open orange card. Jeez. People are trying to throw out the orange nah. card. The nah. reality is, punching someone in the head is not the same as accidentally getting their head high tackle wrong. Yeah. You can't make a red card twenty yeah. minutes and then someone eye gouge or someone gets caught on camera and you take him off for twenty minutes and bring a player back on. You yeah. just need a different. You do yeah. need a different penalty. It's the yeah. orange card. It just. It's the very obvious thing. Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I put out something probably hasn't been thought about, which is the difference between you know obviously there's a lot of talk about consistency and you know Levi Amua's head to head yellow card. I think the difference there is that um, you know how normally they take into effect like mitigating circumstances things like that. Whatever I think the mitigating circumstance in Levi Amua's um, case was just the possibility of how much damage he could have done. You know they're like, well, he could have killed him. <laughs> I saw it coming. A yellow card. Whereas Tom Banks, they were like. That's the most damage he could inflict on someone. The yeah. guy's nose is basically a sharp, sharpened blade. The, um, he could have torn him up. You know? I think like, I want to just finish that point a little bit about the, the Banks one, right? So much happens there in a split second. A lot of the time you see that kind of ball and all tackle, and he did slow up a little bit before that contact. And as I said, the, there's a mitigating factor that Pulu steps off his right foot and leans into the contact and puts his head out in front because if he doesn't do that step, the he- point of contact I mean, is not got, the head. It got it got delegated down to just the game. Like, I I agree. What, you got what, de- what more do you want? No, but I mean, then that's baffling. Like we we get a red card. They say it doesn't deserve a red card after the match. You know, you get another another player um, receiving three weeks for you know a, a less severe impact, but. You know, it was with, clearly more with, his fault, mate. But it was his more his fault. But and all they're saying is that the referee made the wrong decision on the field to say there were no things that downgraded it to a yellow. That's all they said. That's it's pretty straightforward. Well, they I mean, said the ref made a mistake. That's I mean, the, the whole grievance here is you're not again you're missing the type point that if you're trying to change a behaviour, then punishing the outcome of this, the fact. That so you think field, anyone that stands up in a tackle should be given a red card? Is no, that what you're saying. What I'm saying is I don't know the issue. I don't know the answer, but I think you have to go any contact above the head, or you know those sorts of positions, and that sort of thing is going to be quite hard. Or you have to be far less likely to give a red card on the spot, and you have to go to we're going to have a review panel after the match to decide what the outcome of this was. Because you slow slow down, go play by play, and you have uh, a ref arguing with, you know, a, a video ref, and you yeah. have the touches all having this conversation in there and hyping each other up. It's so, not the outcome. Sounds like you're agreeing. Yeah, it is definitely. It is, I like an orange card. And then talk about after the match. It's definitely a bit of a boner killer and ruins the momentum at the game. Uh, you know, we don't want these big pauses. It's after the players, whatever. But but this is not changing behaviours. Yes. Yeah. No, look, I think, Nelson, how much of your grievance is because Tom Banks is one of your fantasy outside backs? And he broke his face. That's what I'm upset about. Yeah. Hey, guys, look, no, look I, 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 I don't go about this for ages, but I think I've already said so many times. At some some degree, these guys are professional rugby players getting paid to take on risks in their chosen. Make them wear helmets. You know what I mean? And so at some point, well, like, it's like the breakdown, right? We won't get into it again, but about where do you hit someone when you're cleaning them out, right? Like at some degree, either we're going to ruin the game or the players you have to adapt are being compensated for this it's going to be a period of time where things have to change and i think right now what they're doing is either not harsh enough if you expect change or it's too harsh if we're not really expecting change all right grievance heard harry what's your my last one for the day is the waratahs have been doing so much better on and off the field but what are their marketing team doing over in queensland exactly over in queensland you got 
Michael Atkinson, hashtag Atco knows, killing it and giving us all the information about New South Wales rugby because there's no one in New South Wales doing it. Over in Western Australia, you've got reporters working at 3 a.m. to put news out. <laughs> 3 a.m. That's how hard they're working. Yep. And New South Wales have got none. Yeah, that's my last grievance. Where is the New South Wales rugby market? Yeah, who's following Darren Coleman home at night at three AM? Do we need <laughs> do we need to find someone ourselves and appoint them the New South Wales like we, media look, person? Like not the media probably, person. It's probably like been a year or two media. since we've mentioned it, but we've talked about how there's just an empty vacant office at New South Wales rugby, and we should just walk in with some computers. We can make print off a fake name tag. In fact, we'll just print off a giraffe rugby name tag walk in there, sit down, and I'm sure they just start paying us. You know what I mean? We just talk to HR, we get on the payroll, and they'd be like, oh, I, I suppose we do have a marketing team. That makes sense. Um, you know, <laughs> It's a big one too. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, you know? Like, oh, man. I think that'll do us, guys. I couldn't agree more, though, Harry. It's like you step up your game, Tars. Yeah, I want more 3 a.m. announcements. Is this No, it wasn't that bad, but it was, it was long. So thank you for sticking with us if you did. We appreciate it and we love you. Please, if you lasted this long, you've got to take one more step and spend the extra five seconds to give us five-star reviews like and, and share it with shares. your friends because, Jesus, you put up with us for this long. You must have enjoyed yourself. A and then re-watch the whole thing again but on YouTube for the video of this as well. <laughs> Please, you know, get, that's you, right. Get a double dose. So. That's right. That's hey, Ru. See ya.